This is Dog Storian. Stories about dogs. And their people. And related species. Like cats. And this is me, Justina. And this is me, Brian. Oh. I'm just dead with those uphills and downhills. That's 46 kilometers, which we just cycled in more than three hours. So the last kilometer uphill, I'm just walking. The route was Trier, Merzig. There's a lot of rivers and a lot of valleys and it was all gorgeous. And we didn't stop enough to take pictures because we're on schedule to meet the wolf lady, which we're late to meet for maybe... Minutes away. Maybe almost an hour. But, but she sounded very nice on the phone, so I hope that she won't be angry. Even if we get to see the wolves, because this is Werner Freund Wolf Park, which is an open park. So there was this guy, Werner Freund, who decided to start working with wolves. He was, I think, a botanicist, a gardener at first. And he created this place. And I don't remember, he died in 2000-something. And since then, Tatiana and Michael took over the park. Now the park belongs to Mertik, to this town, where, which is close to the forest where the wolves live now. And they're taking care of them. Okay, this is downhill. So I think I can try and cycle, even if I have a lab mic in my pocket. Well, if you're here falling... Ah! I love forests, but I don't think that my tires are really appropriate for downhills in forests. Oh man, he's shooting something. I hope it's not a wolf. When he gets to see the first wolf, I'll be pissed. Brian, don't tell me that you see a wolf. I wouldn't do that. This is the first sign for the park that I've Brian, seen. Brian, don't tell me that you see a wolf first. No, I'm trying to talk about the sign that okay. you see me pointing the camera at. Okay, that's my <laughs> way, so wolf way. I don't know what Ausweich means. Anyway, the something route, probably the walking route. Anyway, let's go, we're late. <laughs> yeah, so we go straight or left? Yeah, straight. Okay. On the road again. Downhill again. I'm riding on the bike again. Oh man, there's so many people here. Hallo, Tatjana? Ich bin Justina aus Frankfurt. Hi, sorry für Verspätung. This is Brian, my partner. Yeah, ich muss entschuldigen, mein Deutsch ist vielleicht nicht so perfekt. A little bit of English we can, but... Uh... Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, that would be much easier. <laughs> no problem, no problem at all. Let's go inside, maybe, yeah? Okay. So, maybe you could introduce yourself. Okay, my name is Tatjana Schneider. I'm also working here now for 27 years. So we did work with Werner Freund, who started it up here 20 years together. And when he died in 2014, I took over. And Michael and I, we are now keeping up the work in his idea. The idea here is to leave the, the wolves as natural as possible, so less influence of visitors and all that kind of stuff. We don't do circus tricks or whatever, so it's also not possible for visitors to get into the enclosure to cuddle with them or whatever, because uh, that would mean we break the rules they have in their territory. So when Michael and I go in there, 
we adapt to the territory and the wolves. We take care of their home rules and not ours. My name is Michael Schönberger. I have been here for 27 years with Tatjana and we raised, well, we have raised up all wolves living here in the park and we are accepted by the wolves as a family and it's just great to work with them to observe the wolves and to see how they live together as a family. How many wolves do you have now? We have right now on this moment 18 wolves in seven territories and we have four different kind of species so we have the timber wolves we have the Mongolian wolves, we have the European wolves, and we have the Arctic wolves. There are laws how many wolves you can keep in one enclosure. And at the moment, our law says we can keep 150 wolves in one enclosure. Are you kidding me? We have got here two wolves, two to three wolves in one enclosure. But by law, we could keep 146 wolves per enclosure. The law was made by people who thought, okay, what's the smallest enclosure the wolves must have? The law was made for small enclosures. But if you calculate on our size, yes, you could uh, put 150 wolves in one enclosure. Thank we... you for not doing that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so dying to ask you, how did you come to work here? I mean, what was your background? How did you convince them to hire you? I mean two di completely different ways. So I... Did, did you know each other before you no, came to work here? Okay. No. But the funny thing is we started in the same year. I came here because my neighbor uh, got me a postcard and it was like a voucher. One afternoon helping here in the park with Werner Freund. And she gave it me um, as a present on my 13th birthday. After this afternoon, I asked Werner, can I come again? And he said, yes. And With my tent and my van and my, my kitchen. <laughs> no, no, he is living here in the neighborhood. Yeah. I come from somewhere. And the funny thing different. is, yeah, for the next two years, I uh, had no contact with the wolves. I just observed them and I had the chance to learn about them, about their language, about their behavior. And then in uh, 1995, we had the chance to raise up our first wolf family and they accepted us. And thus, that was something very special to that time because over the last 40 years, we had about 70 helpers. So they helped Werner Freund raising up the wolves, but nobody was able to stay in the family. They were all thrown out at one moment. And we had one co-worker, she has been here for 18 years and she raised up 10 wolf families. And then every time she has been thrown out after some time. And we were accepted by them and that was the special thing. So why? How? Yeah, What's the process? How do you know that what one did, is kicked out or, or accepted? What did you do differently? It depends on how the wolves see you. You come in with a personality and they judge you on that. So not, not really judging, they, they know in, with three weeks old who they have in front of them. And they will also notice like, okay, that's a little bit uh, wiggy and ooh, nervous and a little bit scared and here and there and oh, that's, that's easy, all that kind of stuff. So when they grow up, they will always try to, by playing, 
figuring out because that's what cops do also with each other by playing. So not that they get prepared on like, oh, how do I attack? No, no, they go on strength and, and uh, how much uh, wisdom you bring with you and also from your behavior itself. So if you are very calm, a very easy person, then they will like that more. And even if, if they know like, okay, I'm sure that when we go on a hunt with her or when here the sky is falling on our heads, then he or she will be there and taking care that we all survive. They will know. Mm -hmm. Although you don't have to do anything for that. Did you guys independently study wolf behavior? Did you just observe the wolf's body language? How did you learn how to act around them? <laughs> That's where my story starts. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I'm officially not German, so <laughs> I'm from the Netherlands. I'm born in Germany, but as a baby went to the Netherlands. And when I got my first dog, Liam Berger, she brought me up instead of I her. <laughs> she did teach me anything I needed to know and to learn about dogs. And she was a very, very uh, strong character. And she did things where I had something like, okay, it looks very logical to me, but I don't quite understand it. And I wanted to understand it as a human. And then I started with studying the behavior of dogs and then with wolves. So I worked in the beginning with Grupo Lobo, they um, got involved with the Iberian wolves, the, the ones in Spain and Portugal. And at that time where I got started with that group, the Spain and Portugal had only 250 or 300 left. So they were increasing. Mm -hmm. And that project started something like, okay, getting pears out of the wilderness and get them to another park or a zoo where they don't have contact to people or whatever, and so that they uh, could breed. And the breeding came then in, uh, in a few years back into the wilderness, mm -hmm. and then it started up again to three to 4,000 in uh, living in wild in uh, Spain and Portugal. I believe nowadays it's already 2,500 again. In Italy but, as well. Yes, yeah. yes. And I started with that and then I had something like, okay, let's go around the world to several wolves experts like David Meech, <laughs> Luigi Buitani, <laughs> Gérard Minatori, Britta Rothausen. And then Werner Freund was the last on my list because he was only 300 kilometers away from me. <laughs> so I put, him, I put him at, at last on the list. First I came with a group and we had a weekend here and then in that weekend I asked him like if it was possible to work with him two weeks to look over his shoulder like, okay, what are you doing exactly? And after that I stayed. So he asked me then in the last days from those two weeks if I had interest in raising up Arctic mm -hmm. wolves with him the next year. And I was like, okay, more close you can't come. Huh? <laughs> so, and then I decided to, uh, to come that year after. And so I stayed. You guys obviously must enjoy what you do because you've been here a long time. What, what keeps you here? What keeps it interesting? The wolves. The wolves and their lives and their social behavior. 
especially because we as humans can learn a lot from the wolves. They have a very high social community and there is a lot of misunderstanding when it comes to wolves also. I, I was very lucky to observe wolves in the wilderness and in the same time here in captivity. And you have also wolves in captivity, but they get trained or uh, whatever. And that's what Wanda never did. And that was what was very interesting for me because in their enclosure, and it's, it's, it's a big one, so they have a lot of space. They, they, they can go back because when you look now there, you don't see any of them and they are four. <laughs> So they, they have the, the possibility to get back from the people, so they don't need to be in front of here. They can choose themselves if they like it or not and live complete their own life. And, and the most beautiful part here is that where others say like, okay, but they are raised up by hand and all that kind of stuff. So they, they, they can't hunt anymore and this and that. And, and they are socialized on people. But here it's different because they know their territory and they know exactly the distance between the territory and here, the fans here for the visitors. As soon as you get the fans away and they can get to the main fans, you will see also the behavior of the wolves change. So if, if, if a tree falls down here and there's a big hole in the fence so the wolves can come out, you could stand 20 people. On that moment when they come out, they will all react the same as every wild living wolf because it does not belong to their territory. So they need to be careful. So they retreat? Not retreat, but they will look like, okay, how do we get around the crowd? <laughs> so that the behavior will be the same as, as the wild living ones mm -hmm. when they have the choice to get away from the crowd, get around it and then into the forest, they will do all. Oh all of them. But you also have characters mm -hmm. by wolves. There could also be one who says like, okay, you look like fun. Or easy. <laughs> Let's see. <laughs> or no, 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 no. We are still not on the menu plan. <laughs> For the wolves, it's um, when we uh, visit animal park, we are safe or we feel safe because we know the animal won't come to our side. On the other end, here in our park, the wolves know the humans don't come on our side. That's why they feel safe on such a close distance. Mm -hmm. But um, when the fence isn't there anymore, people would say, oh, now it could become dangerous for me because the wolves and we are on the same space. But the wolves think exactly the same. If our wolves come out, they just would run away because they would be afraid of the people. Happened? Did you have, because you mentioned a tree, was it a specific tree? Oh we had uh, several Cynthia. storms here yes. and the last one was uh, the storm Cynthia and uh, to that moment we had uh, 22 wolves in our park and uh, 19 of the 22 wolves had the chance to go outside because so many trees have fallen on the fences uh, within that storm. So. Uh, Tatjana and I, we ran to, through the park observing threes. When a three came down, we had a look after the wolves and some of them uh, we just moved to a safe enclosure. But for example, the Canadian wolves have been outside three times that day. 
we went through the park and saw them and we just called them hi guys how are you and the wolves came to us and said yeah you are here too great let's have a party and we just walked over the normal way back to a safe enclosure so they they had no wish to run away they had just something like okay let's uh, have a look what's outside and there you also see the difference between the, the species we have because the european ones they also had the possibility but they were looking at the hole and the fans like oh my god is it going to kill us oh, 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 danger 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 and the, the the black ones they were only looking like okay which tree when, 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 and as soon as it fell, they were the first one to get out and mostly walking up to the Arctic ones. Mm -hmm. So in the Arctic ones, they also had a big hole in the fence, but were, were lying there and had something like, wow, that's a nice new tapestry in our territory. <laughs> Is it but an upgrade we, or downgrade? We, we, yeah, we. We look later at it, <laughs> so, and it was it was it was very interesting to see at that day also the behavior of the other kinds. Although we did not have much time observing their behavior, but you could observe it, and it was it was sometimes fun, but not always. So it was uh, we had luck that day because every hour one territory got destroyed, mm -hmm. so the wolves could get out. So you could get after those wolves and, and try to get them in a, a safe enclosure and... Uh, so let me just get this straight. In the end, you didn't lose any wolves. No, 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 no. And they, they basically just followed you yes. back into the yes. enclosure. Yes, and because it's also danger for them. Yeah. Uh, they know like, okay, every mm -hmm. tree here is could be deadly. So they were also very uh, on the road, so very awake, uh, every time moving because it's a lot of trees here and so they were also very happy to see one of us so or michael or me like okay you know where to go to <laughs> you are going to save us or put us in a safe place or whatever in all other zoos animal parks when wolves escape none of them has been recaptured in over 20 years at least in Europe, I don't know about other countries except Europe, but in Europe, no wolf could ever be, be caught. They have all been shot. Because even with tranquilizer, tranquilizer uh, guns work on 30 meters, but wolves can sense you about 100 meters. And then, even if the wolves come close, you get one with a tranquilizer shot, but not the whole group. So at the end, when a wolf escaped in other parks at the end he has been shot and we got all our wolves back Supposedly and they're not hand raised yeah that's the, our connection with yeah. the wolves they trust us as a family and we had the chance to bring them back in the enclosure i see one as carlo there you go, our first wolf. <laughs> they also have names here but they don't listen to that normally we have three here but peter is in the in the second part because we had a lot of problems with dogs the last four or five years yeah i was wondering i think yes. you guys don't mm -hmm. allow dogs in here yes. right nah, since uh, the first this year they are not allowed anymore well here he comes so what mm -hmm. is the name of this one that's Carlo over there, but we also have a Guido. He's a little bit more black. 
Yeah, this one looks pretty gray and almost white on the legs. Uh, yeah, they are old. They are 12 years old. They're pretty already. big. So mm -hmm. that's quite long, no? Because I think in the wilderness they, they live around up to nine. Between six to nine years old. Yeah. yeah. You also have exceptions. Oh, there's two. There's a second one. So are they um, a pair? Yes, those are brothers. brothers. They are from Austria. Yes. And so how does competition have... work between mm -hmm. them now? No, they... there is no competition because uh, Carlo is no the, the, the lowest one in ranking and, and knows his place. And here Guido comes. He is uh, the one who took over now. Oh, wow. It's wagging its tail. I can see why you've stayed in this job. This is pretty <laughs> <Absolutely>. magical. <laughs> Oh, they are very, wow, very social, color. and you have you have a great connection to them, and, and it's it's incredible how they also move with each other in the family, and, and how straight the rules are, and, and everybody knows from everybody like, okay, this is my job, and that's what I do, and it it it, it works so well. So I, I have a question. You you've mentioned hand rearing these wolves a couple mm -hmm. times. Can you? be specific about what you mean because we read about the socialization hand window raise, for wolves yeah. as opposed to dogs. Hand raising here was only giving the bottle and taking okay. care of the parts that the mother used to do like licking their belly so we don't lick their belly but we, we rub the belly so they how do we call that? It helps their digestion. Yeah, 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 digestion and all that kind of stuff. So that's the only part we did and then mm -hmm. we put them on the floor and let them play and all that kind of stuff. So if one of the cubs would like to come to us to cuddle, then that was all right. But it was not allowed to run after them or picking them all the time up and doing like with little whelps, dog whelps, like I got you, got you. But they are also very social when they stay wild. <laughs> so we did say like, okay, we let them keep them themselves. So as much as possible wolf in any way it could, we adapt to them and not the other way around so that we could see much more of their behavior. Because in the wilderness, it's, it's, it's not always easy to see their behavior or their hunting behavior or their social life. Like in, in 2011, I, I, we were very lucky that we had with the Arctic ones, there were three, uh, three little ones, three guys. Born here? Uh, yes, and then we decided to let them stay with the parents. So mom, dad, and the aunt. And I lived at that time almost eight, nine months in that territory to look like, okay, how do they develop? Who, who is who's taking charge of the hunting games? Who is cleaning them up? Who is taking care of <laughs> insects and all that kind of stuff? Fleas and, and ticks and uh, whatever. And who is, who is going with the food to, to the little ones and, and throw up, re mm -hmm. regurgitate, mm -hmm. or how do you mm -hmm. call that? Although the father is not getting involved in that way anyway, the dad up there, he, uh, he really uh, did his work. So he also threw up for his kids and all that kind of stuff. That's and, as well. And, mm. and, and you could see how they developed because uh, Charlie, I know, he was four weeks old at that time. And then they got the first piece of meat, little pieces. From and him he was, or from the wolf? No, no, no. Uh, the mother and uh, the auntie, uh, it was very important that they swallowed it first. And then he was four weeks old and he got a piece of meat and he walked away from the group. 
completely alone in the forest. And I heard something like, okay, where is he going alone with four weeks old? Wow. Uh -huh. Up the hill, he stopped in the middle of a few trees and he started digging. Digging, digging with a little pause, put the meat in the hole and with his little nose, <laughs> something like, okay, for later. Could be bad times, you never know. <laughs> well, and you need to save four dessert. Weeks, oh, four weeks, and I was, I was astonished. I was sitting down and had something like, no way. Yeah, and, and so it, it, it gave many, many more because you, you had really, really the opportunity to be in the middle of it yeah. and you could really observe like when, when the father starts hunting games with the little ones and show them the techniques and all that kind of stuff. And they were three months old, I believe, 12 weeks, uh, where, where he started it. So uh, he started very early with the mouse he catched, yes. Oh, Michael did, did a great picture of that. You see the father walking and the three behind him, and he has got in the front of his teeth um, a dead mouse. But he had something like, okay, before you get it, I will show you first how to whatever. Do you feed them live animals that so they can chase, or are they... Live animals are forbidden, so the law forbids us, and that's okay, because uh, the animal should have a chance to escape. Wolves attack weak animals, old animals, or ill animals. So if we would put healthy deer inside, two days later the deer would eat his grass and the wolves would be on one side afraid of the deer because the deer would be much too f uh, powerful. I guess it depends how hungry yes, they would be. Yes, it depends on how hungry yes. they are because yeah. when we so. say like, okay, we let them starve three weeks and you put then a little Bambi in there, then you will see a hunt like in the wilderness. Mm. But, sure. do, <laughs> no. but the point is the wolves train themselves. So one of the wolves becomes the bait and the other ones try to hunt the bait down. They test their territory. So what abilities do they have with the territory? Is there a fallen tree? Is there a rock or something to hide? And when is the distance close enough to, to have a chance to get the bait? They could hunt. So they have all the, the techniques, the training, and if they come outside, they would be able to hunt uh, their animals, no problem. Are the techniques universal? Cross species, cross different types now, of wolves? Techniques uh, are, I guess, when you take it basically, then the techniques are most the same, but it depends on the, the, the biggest of the bay, the prey, because the Iberian ones and the Indian ones, the, the wolves, they are the smallest ones on earth, will have probably also other prey, and not like in, in Canada where a, a bison and an elk, where you are talking about more than 500 kilo on weight, that's uh, where also the complete family and and the Indian ones and the Iberian ones, you see them most of the time as pairs. So not, not a big family group. In Canada or in America, a group can grow up to 25 members in, in a family. Not necessarily, but it could. Then the territory, cold, warm, how they are built themselves. And some have different techniques. Yes, that also could, depends on the members. Yeah, we could observe the wolves um, with <coughs> one lonely living wolf, he was very old, and he hunted down the hawks. We had one group who tested the territory, so they put meat on a special point in the area, and they have hidden behind trees, and they waited for a raven to pick up this meat, and then they attacked the raven. 
So hookah here is our greatest one, huh? <laughs> when it comes to planning. One special <laughs> we, all, we always call our very lovely, uh, the intelligent one. The point is wolves. If you, if you think about wolves at all, I would say a wolf is a problem solver. In a, in a way that's different from dogs? I would say a dog is from his knowledge and his intelligence on the, on the age of a child, a human child. So he knows what's right and what's wrong. But if you want, he uh, does something stupid. A wolf has grown up. He wants his family to survive. And everything for him is a problem. And he must solve the problem. Do I go left or right? Is there a river to cross? How do I cross the river? All these problems must be solved. And then, okay, there is the bait. How do I get the bait? What bait will it uh, be? The weaker one? Do I attack now or will I wait two or three days until the bait becomes uh, weaker again? So the wolf always has his problems to solve. And I think that's the special thing at wolves because they always try to solve them. For example, hunting sheep. We have been in Kyrgyzstan and the sheep keeper in the mountains, they change their way of keeping their sheep because some years they can use dogs mm -hmm. and some years they can't use dogs because the wolves de developed a way to betray the dogs. So they always work on a system. Okay, now the wolf has have, uh, developed a strategy. So we as humans must change our strategy. Mm -hmm. And then it takes 10, five, 10 years again until the wolves develop a new strategy and then we must change it again. That's because you cut it on the moment where you change your strategy. If the, the sheep herd used to mm -hmm. have Caucasian sheepdogs, then he will turn into chihuahuas. Little, small, loud barking, blah, 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 whatever, and the wolves don't see them. And, and that's a situation that changed and that also stops the learn process to all the other members of the family mm -hmm. because on that moment there is something completely new, different. Like, whoa, okay, <laughs> now we, no, we change, now we need to change our strategy. You mentioned that it changes 10, 15 years it might take. So that means that they transfer knowledge generationally. Yes, 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 yes. So for example, in Kyrgyzstan, the farmers, let's call them farmers, they had big protecting dogs, the Caucasus of Chaka. But one day the wolves developed a strategy to bring the uh, ovchakas away. Get them away from yeah. the herd. The problem was, in these years when the ovchaka was there, the farmers could leave the sheep alone with mm -hmm. the dogs and they could work in the town, for example. They just left them in the mountains. Mm -hmm. But when the wolves developed strategy to separate the dogs and kill the sheep, the farmers had to change their strategy. So they stayed with small dogs in the mountains for several years until a new generation was born and raised up so the last generation couldn't teach the new generation about the system. Mm. <laughs> I had no and idea. When the knowledge has been lost, then the farmers could change their strategy again. They could work in the town again. <laughs> yeah, but I'm wondering oh how, how much this behavior is, is common in all of the wolves. Let's say some behaviors are more common for specific areas or 
it's basically universal that they are able to teach generationally, that they are able to respond to these changes. I guess that the, this system could work everywhere, mm -hmm. but you have individuals with wolves. Wolves are the same as us humans. It really makes me wonder about how much, if any, of that problem-solving nature is still residual in dogs. The street dogs, they, they know how to survive because that's the big difference between dog and wolf. The wolf needs to survive and takes care of its own. And the dog nowadays knows like, okay, uh, she takes care of everything, so I'm only part of the family. And that's what the dog knows. You have some dogs who still have it also when they get born without teaching or whatever. So my, my Dishna, as an example, she was six months old when she... What kind of breed is this? Uh, Leonberger, so a big one. She saved my life when she was six months old. We were in Tschechien doing a truck trial with my husband at that time. Then I said to my husband, like, okay, I'm going to get Dishna for a walk, so, and then she get food. And we start walking. I had the boots on for my husband, size 44. And we were walking on a path like this, but then completely sand. And then we came on a crossing, and four meters in front of that, she sat down, and no movement anymore. And that's only like, okay, Dishna, let's come. Go on. Uh, and she was sitting there and had something like, no way. <laughs> you can go to hell, but I am not going to move any meter more. And then I looked at her, and as humans are, something like throwing the leash to her, like, okay, then stay and sit there. See how you get your food for today. And I start walking, and I was three meters further, and whoosh! Gone I was, till here in the quicksand, the path where I thought it was the crossing was quicksand. How did she know? Um, How could she know she that? She somehow knew it because that was the reason why she did not want to move on anymore. She had something like, no way, no way, Jose. You are going to get over that alone, girl, <laughs> not with me. And I was lying there and felt how the boots got fuller and fuller and more sinking and more sinking until I was still here in it and I had something like, okay, keep calm, keep calm, what am I going to do here? So what did she do for six months? She took the end of the leash and started rubbing towards me with her belly on the floor until she knew like, okay, there is the border where the quicksand starts and put the leash on the edge of that. And I could move with my right arm back and took with one finger the leash and she pulled me out. Yes, that was my luck. Wow. Six months. Six months old. She was six months yes. Was she trained she was no, in anything? No, not at all. And that was, for me, the moment where I had something like, okay, we do immensely underestimate animals. Still, now, also, when I see uh, people with their dogs and when they say like, oh, no, 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 he's too young for that. Well, I have something like, he can, <laughs> be sure. So, and I took her always with me on, uh, on the survival weekends because she always showed me like crossing a river and when there was a waterfall or whatever, then she always had something like, no, 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 not there. 
and then she went with me 50 meters down <laughs> next to the, <laughs> the river and then she was standing there and looking at me like okay here you can go over <laughs> but See, up there trust me. <laughs> <laughs> yes oh i fully trusted her she, uh, we were very very thick you said you have how many wolves here now? 18. 18. We have 18 for now. So when I used to get uh, little ones as soon as you knew like, okay, the other one's getting old and got them involved in the group, that works. That does succeed for the first two years till they get adult. Mm -hmm. and then you see a slight little struggle between the wolves because the youngest ones will start getting the territory and the oldest ones cannot leave. So that's, that's, that's not, not very good, very nice here in, in captivity, all that kind of stuff. So that's what I don't want to do anymore. So what I want to do is get a pair that's not familiar with each other. So the same species, but not familiar. And then raised by hand and then in the, Mm -hmm. Adultness, they uh, will have naturally their own cups and, uh, and let them also stay with, with the parents. So we have in the south area here two, Peter, the Canadian one, and here from the Mongolian one, Spatu, uh, who are living in the, in the second part. Mm -hmm. And it was because of dogs, because... By visitors, some, you mean? Yes, yes. It was mostly of the time when it was big groups. And then you always had two or three which were very upset and always jumping up here on the fans and barking and growling and whatever. And then you also had dog owners who meant like, okay, let's put the dog over the fence that he directly could attack the wolves at the fence. And that uh, did tear apart a complete Arctic family up in the north area. Yes, because they get so upset, they, they would like to kill the dogs, but they can't because the fence is between it. But the frustration is there, and they build it up. So, and then one family member just stands wrong at that time or takes a breath too much. A little, just a little thing where normally a family member would say like, get away, you're getting on my nerves point but then the reaction same as like us people it's the same way the same system so and then um, they got the son very very badly injured his brother yes and then the aunt she still has a scarf under her eye it went wrong completely with the family and they were eight years happily harmonious together until and that was a big big group of uh, wolf dogs you mean in so. the group people had brought wolf dogs? Yes, not hybrids. We've got two official wolf dogs. One Dutch, Leonard Salus. That was the guy who started in the 60s with breeding shepherd, German shepherd mm -hmm. dog with wolf, hopefully to get the positive sides of a shepherd dog and a wolf together in one dog. So in the first breeding went totally wrong. So he stopped. But then a few years later, he did it again. And then there came a group out where he said like, yeah, that's what, what, I, what I wanted. And then you have also the Czechoslovakian wolf's dog. It's also an official breed. Mm -hmm. They are much opener. But 
It's, it's a special kind of race of dog where people really need to think about when they get one of them, what they are doing. No, it's, it's, it's a big problem. And we also are going to get a problem here when it comes to directly hybrids between wolves out of the wilderness and dogs who are running free and have been taken care of. And I know that in Italy, in the Abruzzen, they had a real big problem after a complete village out of the mountains got down and left their dogs there. I do believe Gunther Bloch and Eric Zim called them very lovely, the spaghetti dogs. Spaghetti dogs. <laughs> so, so because they, they got mixed. When, when a dog bitch is in heat or a wolf female is in heat, they don't care. They, they mate and they don't stay together. Not like wolves with each other, wolves stay together. Mm. So they, they say wham, bam, thank you, ma'am, and gone. Especially the, the hybrids, it depends on how their character also is, because when there's more dog in it, mm. then they also have the problem. Those are the kinds who will attack instead of getting away. And, and, and other problems like getting in the middle of a sheep herd and, and kill them all, although normally they would need one or four. <laughs> yeah, I was wondering, I, I kept reading about these occurrences when wolves come and they kill off 10, 20, 30 even sheep. And for me, that doesn't seem very realistic. It is, it, it, it does happen. Depends on where, how the sheep are hauled. When a shepherd is in free nature, wilderness, herding his sheep, and they can move wherever they want to, then you will see that only one sheep gets killed. When they are fenced in and do live there, then when one wolf comes in there and starts a hunt, you get panic. So what do the sheep do? They run through each other. And, and the wolf is standing there and is getting also annoyed of it, like, whoa, 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 which one? Because normally he takes one in the picture where he says like, okay, that's mine. I'm going behind that one. The rest, I don't care. But when the sheep are starting walking, then he, he also gets very... Agitated? Yes, yes, and, and, and has something like, okay, Snap that one, snap that one, that one, that one, and then you get more injured or killed than possible. It's the same like the fox in, in, in a chicken barn, where all the chickens also start getting hysterical, and the fox also needs only one chicken, but he will kill them all. There's two over there. I'm going to check where they are. It can be that they are down there, but... They are really... Do you speak in German with them or in English as well? <laughs> they don't care. <laughs> it's about the voice. So, so uh, Michael is mostly the, the, the big talker to the wolves. I, I mostly whisper with them. Ah, there is one coming. That's Mose. Hi, Mosey bear. <laughs> Two of them, two gorgeous wolves. Oh my gosh, they're so beautiful. And the one behind, that's Hookah. That's the, the female. Hmm? Hi. That is some greeting, I'm a little jealous. A little jealousy going on there. 
Just like dogs. You don't pet him, pet me. You're not done. my little dear. You are standing on my toes. Yes, yeah. It's all good. Yes. It's all good. It's all good. Are these siblings? Those are brother and sister. So, and they do really love each other, but it's also a, a kind of communication. It does not mean always bad. Uh, it's it's like okay, she's now here with me, and um, he's also having like so, yeah, but I'm also there, and she's now trying to put her position towards him in the right direction. Like okay, think about it. So what status do you have? That depends on how you act. We don't interact in their hierarchy. So they have their own lives here, they have their rules. We fit in in that. If we don't, if I now start running here and dancing jazz or whatever, loud singing, then those two will have something like a, uh, hey? That's not in order. What, yes, that's not in our living room. What I do outside there, they could care less, but not in their living room. So I hold myself on their rules. And that's, that's the only possible way to, to see their real life. So I'm noticing one of them is sniffing the door handle very much. Have they ever tried to open the door themselves? We had one, he died two years ago, an Arctic one, Amarok. He was the only one who knows how to open that door from the inside, well, because we have extra those balls. But he knew like with the backside of his jaw, putting on. Twisting. One turn, and it was open because every time we found him in the, in the cabin, which is, we, 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 we will come up there. I showed you the cabin. All right. And then one morning, a colleague of me he called me completely upset, like, Tatiana, you must come immediately, immediately. And that's something like, what's wrong, Tony? Just come. And then I got into the Jeep, drove over to it, and I was driving here on the crossing, and I saw already on 500 meters what was going on. And I saw those <laughs> three, four Arctic ones running around the cabin, but another colleague left the door open. So they Jesus. took completely everything out of the cabin, which was from Rana, covers, sheets, <laughs> pillows, his uh, house shoes, and I don't know what books, a lot of books. And they had a big, big party overnight there. And that's what we found in the morning. So in the cabin itself, it was all nice and neat, but outside there was catastrophe. <laughs> well, they needed to have some fun, don't they? Uh, that, was, that was very funny. And in the, in the beginning, I thought like, okay, it's our fault. 
Somebody left the door open or did not close this door after it happened a, sec a second time and then the third time. And then I had something like, okay, this is not, it's not a failure from us. And then I found out how he opened the door, but he was the only one. Would they have kids again? He would have showed it, one of them. So we can walk up now to the... Yes, they really know you because of all these people that are around us here, they're, they're following you and yeah. their eyes are following you. Huh? Yeah. Uh, they finally realize you're, uh -huh. you're leaving their enclosure area, but here I am. they've really been following you. Here I am. How would they behave yeah. if you started mixing the packs? Or just types, even as, as know, small it's, it's, babies? Uh, of course. So with small babies, so the, the little ones, it's, it's very easy to, to get them into a pack with the age of four or five months. They will know like, okay, those are little ones, they need to be teached, they need to be raised, all mm -hmm. that kind of stuff. But putting just an adult wolf into an existing mm -hmm. group, that could be his death. Did so. you notice that difference, that they are a bit more aggressive in captivity than in the wild? Um, or is that, that more depends, of a myth? That depends on um, how big is the territory, how did you put the group together, uh, how, how does the, the family fit mm -hmm. together. Mm -hmm. So, because when, when you have two uh, in a group which don't understand each other or don't like it to be with each other. They will always, always, their lifelong be enemies and, and fighting against each other. So you will always have injuries and that, would, that is what you saw a lot in, in, in zoos. And that's why they came in the 70s also with those Stories like strict hierarchy and wah, mm -hmm. uh, alpha wolf. No, you must show the dog that you are the chef. You have some dogs who need that, yes. Yeah, that was, <laughs> that was my childhood. That was the popular does. myth at the time was mm -hmm. you got to be yes, the alpha yes. dog. And everything. That was in my time also. So I always had problem with my dog trainers because my Dishna, she was one. When I was on training with her and it got five times said like, sit. The first three times she did sit and looked at me like, I'm great, am I? By the fourth time she was looking at me like, what are you trying to prove with this? What, what, what do you want from me? I showed you already. I proved it three times that when you say sit, then I sit and now I don't want to sit anymore. She started teaching me because I went with her from the place into the shadow underneath the tree, was sitting there with her, and we took a break. And then the trainer came to me and said, oh, that's great. He said, so the dog is training you because she doesn't want to sit down anymore. She says like, okay, now we are going now into the shadow and lay down there and have a break. Uh, no, not exactly. I decided it. Not she did, but I also think it's not necessary that when the dog three time proves that she can sit on command and at the fourth and the fifth time she is looking at me like, okay, if I would have little fingers, I would show you this one. Yeah. <laughs> she never got nasty because I, I sometimes did then what she wanted to do. Because I also knew like, okay, it will not bring anything when I now start yelling at her and, and getting aggressive because the fourth and the fifth time she doesn't want to sit that she needs to sit. I said, no, it's okay.
um, the ones who are in the field, the field workers now, who really go in wild na nature behind rules and for a few months or weeks to observe. They did observe completely other stuff. That's the same thing that David Meachie did observe something completely different than that what we knew from from the zoos. Michael, do you, do you part of the reason you guys have been successful, been accepted by the wolves, is because you're doing things more in their terms, or you're have been better at observing what works for them rather than imposing what you want on them? Or, I mean, what? why do you think that you've been successful in that regard? I think we are open to the wolves. The German word would be ehrlich. Yeah, yeah, to be honest. Honest, just yeah. Honest. The wolves know us. They feel that we are honest to them. So when I go in the enclosure, I feel like being with my family, being with my group, and I would do anything for them and they would do anything for me. And we are one family to survive everything. There are many people who would like to work with wolves because they want to tell about it. I'm working with wolves, I'm the heart leader and something like that. And I think the, the wolves can feel that. When we are with the wolves, they are our family. Each group is our family when we are inside with them. And you can feel it if there's a dangerous situation, for example, or if the wolves feel ill or we feel ill. The wolves take care of you or they come close to you because they think, okay, we can protect them. I think that's a big point. So we don't want to stand above the wolves. We don't want to give them any commands or control them. Mm. We just want to be with them in one family. Have you ever had any experiences where you realized that the wolves were noticing that something was unusual or off about you? you know, like you mentioned being sick, have you ever had an experience where you could tell the wolves could sense something about you? Yes, of course. If we are sick or we had a really bad day, so even uh, some wolves who would be normally very powerful with you, they come and jump up on you and just while greeting, they just come much calmer to you. They just have a look at you or they just sit next to you and have a good time with you. They feel how how I'm feeling at the moment, or Tatjana feeling at the moment. So we have to look at the wolves and we must see, okay, how do the wolves feel at the moment? If a wolf is sad or stressed at the moment, we can't go inside and uh, say, hey, let's have a party. We have to sense how the wolves feel and the opposite way, it uh, works the same. I really, I really wonder, I mean, we talk about this all the time, this, if we could go back in time and see when the first human beings started to realize there was something about wolves that could be useful, you know, the wolves are hanging around camps, maybe for the extra food, but I really wonder when people started to notice this social aspect, this kind of extra sensitivity, whatever it is that allows them to, us to communicate with dogs, and with wolves in your case, it's, it's kind of extraordinary, I think, and really f fascinating for us. I think at the beginning, um, well, the, the main reason why wolves and people could uh, work together was they have a quite same social structure. For example, here in the park, when people ask us questions about the wolves, I always tell them, okay, ask yourself, what would humans do? And the answers, most of the time, is the same. Mm -hmm. So if a wolf would attack, a human would attack too in that situation. Mm -hmm. If a wolf would run away, 
the human would run away too. So that's the basic, I think. In former times, it was a co-working. The human had the instruments to kill animals. The wolves had the, the nose and the sense to find the animal. And they just worked together in that way. Perhaps some uh, wolf just came along, a group of humans, and uh, they worked together. They never touched each other, but they stayed in a close area and they worked together. Great symbiosis. Or, for example, some man found some cubs and they trained them because they saw the ability of the wolves. So I think that's, that was the start. And from that point, when the first wolves stayed near the, the people, they could improve the system and breed to specialize the wolves, to specialized dogs like the shepherds who uh, listen to commands or dackel, yeah, duck sound to uh, have a good nose or the, the uh, windhund Greyhounds. to run fast. When the wolf was together with the people, they specialized them for their, their needs. But at the beginning, they just were coexistent in, and had a symbiosis to work together. Yes, until, until people start keeping livestock. And then it was over. <laughs> That's where it stopped. Fair yes. enough. <laughs> you can't, you can't, you can't, uh, you can bring the, you know, the wolf into the living room, but you can't take the wolf out of the wolf. <laughs> you, you seem to have, be thinking of some stories about my, an answer to my question about having had experiences where the wolves sensed when, something about you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When I uh, had uh, infections or something here in the shoulder or elbow, which even the doctor could not see or whatever, which wasn't to see on x-ray, then they notice it. They directly come and instead of greeting, like jumping up to you, licking your face, they were first sniffing like, uh-huh, <laughs> you got pain? <laughs> And then they took care of me. <laughs> how, how did they yeah, by being careful. That was the, the same thing with Werner Freund when he got old. He was almost 81 when he died. You must think that's more than 200 kilos of flesh jumping up to you. And, and when he got weaker and weaker by getting older, you saw that they always had something like, okay, First come in, sit down or lay down, and then we come and greet. But they did not jump at him anymore. Also a very tale that came from wherever, that when you show weakness, then the wolf will attack because that's the moment where he needs to attack. That's the easiest way. No, a wolf doesn't work like that. Such thing you can expect from humans, but not from the wolf. A wolf will not especially attack in the family, one who is weaker. It's, it's the same story like, okay, wolves who got old in the wilderness and it was too much work and oh, it was uh, uncomfortable. Then they, they used to kill their parents or the old ones like, okay, and gone with you uh, so that we can go on, we can move on then and you are not more than... than luggage which we don't want to carry anymore. No, no, no. When they learn a lot from their parents, as old as they get, they will take care of them. So if they even cannot go with them on the hunt, then the oldest ones stay at home, take care of the youngsters or whatever, who cannot go with on the hunt. But they will never, never kill them because, oh, you are too much work or whatever.
They don't do that. And when the oldest one thinks like, okay, now the end is near, then they will leave by themselves. They will leave and find a place where they can easily die. I wanted to, to ask about this because I know that some dogs do that as well. Mm -hmm. Or at least people report that whenever they are at the end of their lives, they, they go away. Yeah. So you notice that yeah. with wolves. Yeah. We had that happen with a husky. Our husky, she wandered off into the woods to die. We had the same with the wolves. Some of them, if they are old, they go down in a, in a hole and they just want to die there. Yeah, yeah because they, they, they cannot live anymore. They, they cannot hunt. To feel probably like, okay, I don't want to walk anymore. I don't want to move anymore. That, that, that's intensive and all that kind of stuff. And they, they feel it when they know like, okay, a few days and then it's gone. It's, it's over. I don't know if this is a, a sensitive question for you here, but do you do you let the wolves live out their lives naturally, die naturally, or have you ever made a decision um, to end it? It's, it's sometimes we uh, we make decisions because we have the system here, like in summertime when when a wolf really gets old and you know, like okay, he's also getting ill from the inside, so he doesn't show that to us directly, uh, but you notice it in, in the way of behaving and all that kind of stuff. We have here then, in the summertime, you've got the big flies. Mm -hmm. it's, it's a very, it's a very um, for Annoying us, everywhere. a very nasty part of modern nature, but for the wolf itself, or for the animal, it's, it's a very great way to die quick, and instead of starving for weeks because the, the, those flies lay in a few minutes millions of eggs and all that kind of stuff. And within an hour, they get little worms and get into the flesh and start eating the wool from the inside out. Yeah, it, it sounds for us very, very, it's, it's also not nice to see, but every time one of those things is eating, it gets strangulized, the skin natural around. Yes, 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 it's, it's a natural sedation, yes. But when we see that and we see like, okay, it's, it's, it's a big spot and it doesn't work anymore because you know like, okay, the wolf is 15 years old and whatever, what, what do you want to save? If it's now a four-year-old one, then you're going to do everything to survive. But when it's an old one, then we say like, okay, instead of leaving him now for one or two days like that, because in two days he will be dead. But then we get involved and say like, okay, come, we help him. Yeah. Wondering, what, what about the howling? The howling, yes. Howling has different reasons. So it could be one alone on the road who wants to know, are there somewhere here in the neighborhood or uh, do we come into a territory of another one? And where are they in the territory or do we better leave outside from the territory and went through there? Um, then the howling here, when I start howling and they react, it goes like, okay, I'm here, where are you? and react then. So we are going to do that as a finish. It will take probably some time, although I did not hear them howl today.
Yeah, so that was the horse park. 